All right, what is going on, everybody? We are live with the first annual recruiting summit. Uh, I know a lot of you guys have been excited about this. You are ready for this. You've been ready for it. We've got our recruiting team here. You've got Matt, who you can follow at Big Wide Receiver Guy, David at Solving Football, who realistically, I think if the three of us are being honest and Alfred, Austin, myself are practically the real recruiting department, we just kind of try to come in and help out where we can. But those guys are killing it. If you guys could see what they're doing behind the scenes, it is absolutely incredible. Alfred is here as well, Austin and myself. But really, this show is about you two and kind of just getting your thoughts on this class. For today's show, we're going to talk about our top. I actually put 24 on here. Talk about our top 10 at each position, and we're just going to kind of go through that. But before we go to that, Matt, I want to come to you first. I know you and David are extremely deep into this class. Is there a certain position that you like more than the others so far in the 2023 class? Yeah, I'll definitely say wide receiver is the shining star of this class. It's just pretty good at the top and just a lot of depth everywhere. Initially, I didn't like running back as much, but it's grown on me. And quarterback has kind of fallen for me after the top four. Or so I think it drops off a pretty good bit. David, do you echo those sentiments or do you like a different position? Yeah, I agree with that completely. Uh, I'll just add that I know we don't really talk about tight ends, but there's some interesting tight ends as well. I don't think we'll be covering that today, but that the tight end class is, is, is it's got some dudes in it. Yeah, I think there was actually only one tight end that made our top 24, and that might just be because a lot of us haven't graded a lot of them, so I kind of felt like there was no need to really dive into that. I think it was just Deuce that I believe made our top 24 overall players. So I'm going to give the list of players here really quick, and then we will dive into them. So our top 24 right now, it's all three positions put together for, if you, if you count the tight end, obviously. Arch, Manning, Arch is our one? When did this happen? No, There's no, no that's, way. That's wrong. That's no got to be a mistake. Okay. None of us even have No, no, no. You put this in. This is 24 sevens, isn't it? Okay. Man, yeah. look at that. I can't read my own show sheet. Hey, guys. Here's 24 sevens <laughs> top 24. Is Arch Manning, Malachi Nelson, Nico Iamalava, Zachariah Branch, Dante Moore, Jackson Arnold, Jerion Dickey, Ruben Owens, Hakeem Williams, Christopher Vizina, Deuce Robinson, the only tight end in there, Brandon Ennis, Richard Young comes in at 13. Then you got Jonte Cook, Justice Haynes, Shelton Sampson Jr., Noah Rogers, Makai Lemon, Jalen Brown, Cedric Baxter. I don't know how to say his first name. I heard it said differently today. Does anybody actually know how to say his name? Is it Jaquez? I would assume it was Jaquez. Jaquez. But I haven't heard it, so. Someone said it very different today on a 24-7 podcast. I can't remember how they said it. Anyways, Jalen Hale. Jaden Rashada, and then coming in at 24 is Carnell Tate. Matt, it's kind of been a discussion for a lot of us behind the scenes here. We are much lower on Nico than all three of the recruiting services. Are we going to end up being wrong in a major way on him? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think otherwise we wouldn't be ranking him so aggressively still. Uh, he just has a lot of pretty clear flaws in his game. It was accuracy is very, very inconsistent at times. There's this really, really skinny frame that you know, we're definitely worried about a bit. I watched the full game of him, and I think it was right after halftime, he got smacked by the end, and he had to come out just from just a straight rib shot. So it's definitely something that, you know, especially going against bigger defenders, it's a big concern. 
Yeah, I heard a lot of the 24-7 sports people hyping him up after apparently he dropped 50 on some team a couple weeks ago. Apparently not a very good team. It was their second team defense, but he is getting a lot of love. David, where do you have him graded? So I hedged a little bit. I put him. I actually put him in my tier two at the very bottom. Um, his his actual grade isn't all that great. Part of the reason I did that is just because I think the fit at Tennessee is perfect. And like, if we consider his NIL situation, I think that he will play early, and I think he'll have a long leash. And in this hypo offense is like a super spread one read offense that. It's pretty basic, and they have a bunch of good receivers there. Like I think on the college side, he'll produce pretty well. And after like the after like the top three, I don't I don't really see a whole lot of NFL upside with a lot of these guys. So I'm kind of just looking at college, the college side. So I, I hedged a little bit on Nico, even though I I agree with Matt. Like his film is just kind of all over the place. Austin, do you agree with that? I believe you've mentioned before you think he might be the only freshman that starts next year. I think he's guaranteed to start at least one game next year, to be honest. The only scenario that I see that not happening, for those that aren't that familiar with what's going on at Tennessee, there, Hendon Hooker is their quarterback. He's out of eligibility after this year. They did bring in Taven Jackson this year, who we I liked a decent amount. I don't remember how much everybody else liked him, but he was a four-star kid. The only scenario that I see him not starting is if Hooker goes down, Jackson comes in and Jackson is really, really, really good. Like that's the only scenario that I think keeps Nico off the field next year. Cause he's getting that reported, you know, $8 million plus whatever NIL contract. Um, and I think the boosters are going to have something to say there. Like we just heard the jokes about um, viewers at Texas and kind of the, the boosters stepping in. I think you're going to see that in a lot bigger way at Tennessee. Um, so I, I do think it's pretty guaranteed that he gets, at least a couple of starts, uh, if not, you know, the majority as a true freshman. David, you just watched Christopher Vizina's first game. We were doing a lot of talking about that in one of our chats. Uh, just not, I mean, he he played fairly bad. I know you kind of talked about it a little bit on Twitter and, and I believe got attacked by Clemson fans. Surprise, surprise. What um, What do you see when you watch him and do you consider him a top quarterback in this class? Yeah, he's kind of uh, right now. I kind of view him as fool's gold a little bit. Like he has all the traits, and, and when you see him, like I saw him at the Elite Eleven, he's got the prototypical size, he's got the good arm, and he he's accurate in that setting. But I don't know. There's just something missing when I watch him. Like he's had three pretty tough challenges so far in his high school career, and he's failed all three times. Like um, the first game you're you're referencing, he had, he was 15 for 24 for 97 yards, um, no touchdowns and uh negative 28 yards rushing so it's just like i get that you're outmatched but like he didn't have any good throws like he just didn't he couldn't create on his own like when things were bad so he's pretty i watched a few games of him and he's not very good against pressure um so i don't know it could be something between the ears he just doesn't have enough moxie to to make it happen so i i'm kind of out on him at this point i like the tools I graded him a tad bit high because of the tools. I, I, I see that I am a little bit higher than both David being the lowest. Matt, you're not too far off from me, but I definitely have him the highest right now out of all of us. We don't have him even in our top 10, I believe, at quarterback. But again, he did make the top 24, uh, and he's actually in their top 24 altogether with all three of those positions mixed together for 24-7 sports. I'd like, I to, want- add, I'd like to add a note on Vizina. 
He played a, a decent team uh, in called Mountain Brook in, in high school. Uh, and I watched the whole game. They got blanked. Zero points for Chris Vizina. Mountain Brook's okay. They're like a good, gritty, kind of like good scheme, not necessarily good individual talent type type play people i have friends that live and know mountain brook as a as a high school um you, you just can't get you can't get zero you cannot be an elite talent at quarterback and lead your team to zero points and you know i don't know it just that pretty much made me pretty out i agree with everything else david said but i just wanted to throw that in there he got blanked by a you know middling high school team in alabama well, and I don't know if David said it, but I'm pretty sure he got blanked last weekend as well. Did they not, David? I'm, I'm pretty sure no. they got blanked. Didn't he have a long touchdown pass? No. No. <clears throat> he did not. The, the highlight that I posted, I'm pretty sure, was an incomplete pass. I, I only posted it because it was the he, avoid, he avoided the pass rush, and he, he was kind of nimble on his feet. And he put it in the vicinity of the receiver. But, uh, yeah, I think it was uh, – I don't I think it was scored. I believe it was 58 to zero was the final score of that game. I yeah. could be wrong. I talked about it on the Friday no. light show. It was bad. No, no, that cannot possibly be. I'm, right. I, I'm almost, I it made the 58 may be wrong, but I'm almost hundred percent positive. They did not score in that game. Cause I was trying 48 to, to zero to Clay. You're right. 48, 48 to yeah. zero. Now, it was bad. Clay I mean, feels a good team. They, they are. Players. I believe they were the defending champions, but I mean, it was something like, we were talking about as we were watching it. It got so bad. Like I stopped watching it. I felt bad for David that he kept watching it. Like, I was like, I'm going to go watch something else because this game is bad. You can't be an elite player at the high school level and not elevate your team. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was I'm a out. bad game. I think it's also notable real quick. David kind of touched on it where like he, he has tools and he'll run around, but almost all of his rushing production is schemed. Like, a, a designed quarterback like draw to the right like if you go watch any of his stuff there's like nothing of him producing anything that's not schemed or within structure i'm just not sure like you can bet on the tools all you want and i think a lot of the time you know that's kind of the way um you should go but he's just never been asked to do anything like that i think that's like you have to be able to do both and he just like there's zero evidence that he can do anything outside of structure at all and that's not like a learned thing like that's kind of innate like the fact that we have no clips of him doing that at all like you can go watch like there's four 30 instances a game where you get the chance to do that like the offensive line breaks down and you just find a guy or like he just hasn't he literally has none of that it's i i he's i think i said he's the second worst five-star quarterback that i can remember in the past several cycles after uh, brock vandegrift who has not been doing well himself at Georgia with similar issues. So Chris Moxley asks, explain his recruiting rank. Is it all tools? I mean, I don't think any of us, I am the highest currently. I, I don't believe Alfred and Austin have currently graded him or if they have, I have not seen it. I'm the highest on him on 73 and that's kind of it for me. And I don't also, I've only done 12 quarterbacks. I think I'm the only one who probably has him in the top 10 because of that though. Matt, I believe you're you're a little bit lower than me. I know David is much lower than both of us, but is that what you think it is, Matt? Is it just all tools on why he's rated so highly for? I mean, he's rated high for twenty four seven sports on three and rivals, and I believe ESPN too. It's not just one of them; it's all three have him very high. Yeah, I just think it's that, and just him being in the circuit and you know going through Elite Eleven. And he's been big name for a little bit now, um, and you know the tools. He's a pretty, you know, he's got some pretty good mechanics. I don't think he's bad in that area. So that's definitely something that attracts teams. 
but ultimately he's going to Clemson. Uh, you know, does he beat out Cade? I don't know. I, I doubt it. It seems like they're really liking what they're seeing out of him. So just, you know, that just stacks on top of everything. It's like, eh, do I really want to go out of my way and draft this guy where most people are probably going to take him? Probably not. And he's from Bama's backyard, is he not? And they showed zero interest in him. But that's kind of interesting, too, I think. I know that's, like, narrative stuff. But, like, stuff like that for a lot of these kids kind of matters. Like, no, I think, you, I think you do pay attention to that, especially because Alabama took two freaking quarterbacks. Yeah. Moving over to the wide receivers really quick. I remember when I graded this player out, and Matt practically ripped my head off uh, because I, I graded him fairly well. And I was told that he's not good at anything. Well, I shouldn't say that. He's he's not great at some of the things that I liked about his game. And then I went and looked at Austin's score because Matt told me where he had him graded. I feel like if Austin could not have graded this player, he would have chosen to do that. Why don't you like Jalen Brown, Austin? So I actually like – I have – so for instance, I have an incomplete grade on Carnell Tate because there just isn't enough stuff out there to watch to really feel comfortable grading him. I almost feel the same way about Jalen Brown. Like, I almost feel like I should have given him an incomplete at this point because he basically plays like a singular role for his high school team. He basically lines up on the right side of the formation. They ask him to go deep. There's basically everyone's playing off coverage. So there's no examples of him being press or really, you know, doing anything to kind of beat a corner beyond just, you know, trying to go past them. He is very fast. He has a report at 10, 6, 6. Hundred, which I have, I mean, is very, very fast and is notable. Um, and he is a very smooth athlete, but there's just like not enough there. Like you're kind of just saying he, he basically he's fast and he can he can learn the other stuff. I just haven't seen it. I want to see him do it a little bit uh, his senior year. I saw him put this double move. I saw a little clip from the other night. I think he played week like last weekend, didn't he? And I saw some move that he put on some guy that looked really nice. So there's, I mean, he's a guy that would be ripe for moving up my rankings. But I have him as what? So like our. We have different tiers. Um, I have him as my wide receiver 29 right now, and he's in my fourth tier, which is like not a, a super high tier. That's bad. Anybody That's else? Bad. I mean, yeah, I, no, I mean, I mean I, go ahead, Matt. I think we have them about the same. I think we're like 0.65, middle tier three. I've just, you know, he hasn't shown much, but the upside is there. I mean, no matter what, we're all super low on him compared to the services. So, yeah, I mean, really that's what was intriguing to me. I mean, he's what top five, right, Matt? He's for the services. He's top. He's a top five wide receiver. I think he dropped a little bit on twenty four seven recently. I think he's just a top ten guy now. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's in my tier three. I imagine that he's the same then for you, Matt, because I know, like, I'm, I think, a little bit higher on him than you. I think I'm the highest. I went Alfred has him rated pretty close to Austin as well. I didn't see if uh, David David's closer to Austin and Alfred than I think he is, or, and you three, because I am the highest on him. So it's it's intriguing. I, I really like the speed. Um, that's kind of what graded him so high, but I adjusted that a little bit uh, from there. And so – who would you guys, or I guess we'll talk about uh, quarterbacks now. I lost where I was at. I'm doing a really wonderful job of doing this. I want to open the floor to everybody here on Jaquez Petaway, Hakeem Williams, Jaden Hale, Jaden Rashada, and Carnell Tate. I mean, I know Austin just mentioned he hasn't seen a lot. Wait, those are all receivers except for Jaden Rashada? Yes. Well, I, I so I bring all those guys up because they are all in the top 24 for the the sites that are not in our top 24. 
And I know I'm almost positive David likes Jay uh, Hale, if I'm remembering correctly, based on a conversation we've had recently. So what are your thoughts on Hale, and are you surprised he's not in our top 24? Yeah, um, I think I'm the highest on Hale. He graded out pretty well for me. Um, like I think he has really good hands. He's strong at the catch point. Um, he's a really good yak player. Um, his, he, I think he has some of the best body control in the class and play strength. And I kind of like that size profile in general. He's like 6'1", 185. He's got 32-inch 32 32 arms. Um, I, I think he's faster than people think he is. I think he looks slower on tape given his quarterback. I think his quarterback might be the worst of all these of all these receivers we're talking about. Like, he underthrew him on, on like 90% of his highlights. Like, and he's got to come back to the ball. He's got to, he's got to moss DBs like every time. So I think that's the part that impressed me the most because he was doing that on a consistent basis. The the downside for him, I think, is his flexibility and um, his, he's not very refined as a route runner at this point. And there's, there's something missing. I, I saw some camp footage of him running, um, you know, one-on-one -on -one stuff and, I don't know. He might not have the instincts against man coverage at this point. So he might be used um, predominantly in the slot at the next level, but I think he, he would do really well. What, I think he'd do really well in that role, maybe a little more like low a dot stuff uh, using his yak ability and then like periodically going on the outside and winning downfield. Um, but he's a tier two. He's like towards the top of tier two for me. So Jalen Hale is 6'2", 175, plays at Longview, Texas. He's currently not committed anywhere. Um, so there's some people asking in the chat where they're committed to. He is not committed. What is actually tanking Jalen Hale, I went to look because I couldn't remember which wide receiver it was. It is Jalen Hale. There are four of us on this panel who are fairly close together. But Alfred, you don't have such a great grade on him. Is it because of some of the things David mentioned? Like, What are your concerns when you watch Hale? Yeah, it is uh, a lot. Of, I was just bringing him up his full sheet here. I agree with David. I've got actually pretty high scores for hands, catch point, catch radius. He's big. He's got, he's lanky. He can go get the ball. I did not see the yak David talked about. He said he kind of liked his yak. I thought he was a little bit of like catch it and fall down. Um, maybe I need to go back and revisit that. But otherwise, I have learned in this process now, second year doing like really deep film study on these prospects, I just do not like the, the outside alpha wide receiver X, um, which I feel, I mean, David said he could play slot. I thought he looked at like, you line up on one side of the field and throw the ball in man coverage and he goes up and gets it. Like, that's kind of what I saw. And so I just, I want to see versatility. I saw very little. I want to see change of direction. I saw very little. Um, I know we can dream on that alpha outside X prototype, but I just don't even think the NFL values that so much anymore. I mean, I, we're seeing guys like Jalen Waddle, um, Elijah Moore. They're being used as, as weapons all over the field. I, I feel like that's the kind of receiver I resonate towards nowadays. So I just kind of don't like these guys that they're putting on tape, just kind of like beating one-on-one -on -one DBs. Um, and I, that's what I saw on tail and hail. And that's what I saw in Jalen Brown kind of too, which is another guy you mentioned that I'm very low on compared to some of the other people. I think I've just decided I don't want to dream on like, Hey, he's going to figure out X, Y, and Z and become Julio. 
Cause like that just doesn't happen. So they wind up just being like very limited outside type guys who just kind of post up DBs. So yeah, that's part of the reason I was pretty low on him. Um, no change of direction, flexibility, versatility. I didn't see a lot of that, but definitely like catch radius, mossing guys. Yeah, he can do that for sure. Another interesting outside wide receiver, and I want to come to you, Austin. I believe you're wearing your hail two pitch shirt, and there's a lot of hope, at least, that he will be going there, and that's Akeem Williams, 6'3", 200. He is also not currently committed. He's a five-star in the composite. He's currently wide receiver three in the 24-7 composite as well. Do you have him highly graded, and would it just make your day if on September 23rd, which I believe is his, it's when he will be committing, if he chooses Pitt, will you have a, a small celebration at your house? It'll be a big celebration. Um, yeah, I like Hakeem Williams. He's really interesting. I saw on three, was it recently released a bunch of comps, and they kind of compared him to George Pickens. I don't think that's close at all. I actually think he's really similar to another former Steelers uh, wide receiver, kind of in play style, Mark Capes Bryant a little thicker but bryant was very much like a we're going to put you in these specific situations because in within those situations you're just so much more athletic than everybody else it just flat out doesn't matter but he remembers how the steelers used martavis bryant it was basically either bubble screen or just go fast and everybody else downfield because you're really fast i think that's kind of what hakeem does right now i mean matt does a lot of really good work with like separation statistics, he's like the worst separator he's like ever seen. Basically, like he has no idea how to play wide receiver at all. Um, but the dude is just like so big at like six three, one ninety ish. He's so freaking athletic. He's so freaking physical. Like he just doesn't. He's taller than that or heavier than that. Two fifteen. <clears throat> yeah, he's like two fifteen. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's a big dude. Like he he looks like Julio, but he, just he looks like wide yeah, he looks like a freak. He does. Yeah. Like if he can learn how to play wide receiver, even like a modicum. Like, he's going to be dangerous. And it has, like, in the NFL, occasionally, you find these guys like Martavis Bryant that are just so amazingly athletic that you can you can kind of scheme around their deficiencies. So I do think he's that kind of a player. But it does give me some concern. And the fact that he's very old for his, his class as well, which Matt has shown, does matter for some of these position guys, specifically a wide receiver. So that is, that is another thing that kind of dings him for me a little bit. I want to talk about Jaden Rashada because I feel like some of us were, were pretty high on him after some of the stuff he did throughout camps. But then uh, David, who was there for the Elite 11 finals in California, talked about how he, he just seemed to struggle a little bit when he was there. Seems like we've kind of come down on him a little bit. He's still one of the top ranked quarterbacks in the composite. He is currently committed to, and I doubt that he, he flips at any point to Miami. David, I'm not sorry, David, Matt, I believe you were actually fairly high on him. And I, I believe in the past, you said you've kind of come down on him a little bit. What are your thoughts now on Jaden Rashada? And were you surprised at all that he didn't make our top uh, top 10 at quarterback? Uh, no, I'm not surprised. But yeah, I, I wasn't super high on him, but I, I was favorable to him for a little bit. He was in my tier two. But then after the lead 11, then diving a little bit deeper, doing some of the quarterback charting, Alfred charted him. And he, like, really struggled bad under pressure. I'm talking – I think he – his completion percentage dropped down to 10% under pressure, which was by far the worst from anybody that we had checked. It's just a lot of things like that. I, I have him grade out pretty similarly to Nico. You know, I I just don't see that much out of them. I think they both have good arms. They're both kind of frailly built. 
not going to give you that much rushing upside. And I don't ultimately like the landing spot for him in Miami. I don't think uh, – uh, maybe the offense will be better than I'm expecting, but they have to prove it. So. How do you look in person, David? Um, he, he impressed me quite a bit at the uh, regional in Las Vegas. He just had a really good day that day, and then um, at the elite at the finals, I, I, he just kind of was spraying the ball all over the place. So I don't know. He's kind of a streaky passer. Um, if he can get some consistency on his his accuracy, I think he's a sub sixty percent guy for for his high school career so far. So I think if his mechanics are pretty good, um, so that's not really an excuse. I, I don't know. I don't know why he's not more accurate, but that's probably the, the biggest issue with him right now. I'll chime in here just because I feel like I have a little bit of a personal connection being a Gator alumni and fan. Uh, there was a lot of hullabaloo there, obviously with Rashad and maybe coming to the Gators. I, I paid a lot of attention to him. Um, and honestly, and I, I have receipts on personal text messages to prove it, but even I wanted him to come to my school because of the prestige and the ranking. And, you know, I felt like we needed a difference maker, but even at the time I was like, I don't love the prospect. I wanted the stars. I wanted the, the prestige, but I agree with what Matt said, you know, him and Nico to me are very, very close to each other. They flash with some, you know, really nice fluid arm action that, that can really send a ball with some zip. But overall, you look at the whole picture and it's just, it's kind of meh, to be honest, to me. I mean, it's kind of meh. It's like, I don't know. I don't know where you're really making a difference other than like the occasional. And I'm talking like one out of every five, one out of every 10 throws. You throw one and it's like, ooh, that's a real throw. But that's not going to cut it at the next level. That just will not cut it. So, I do think he's right there with Nico. I have them both pretty low on quarterbacks I've officially graded in this class. And uh, I'm not certain he's going to be a difference maker. I mean, I think he's going to start at some point, but I'm just not sure he's like elevates a team. All right. So speaking of quarterbacks, let's give our top 10. I feel like that's what most people were waiting for anyway, is to give our rankings. So our consensus rankings right now for the top 10 quarterbacks were Malachi Nelson, who's committed to USC, comes in at one. Dante Moore committed to Oregon at two. Arch Manning committed to Texas at three. Jackson Arnold committed to Oklahoma at four. Austin Novasad committed to Baylor at five. Pierce Clarkson committed to LSU. Wait, no. Uh, Louisville. I'm sorry. Louisville. Louisville at six. Ricky Collins committed to LSU at seven. Kenny Minchie committed to Pitt at eight. Dylan Lonergan committed to Alabama at nine and Chris Parson committed to Mississippi state at 10. David, do you agree with the way that this list currently shakes out? And if you don't, is there a QB that you would move into the top 10? If so, who would you pull out? I mean, the top three is pretty clear for me at least. So I agree with all that Malachi, Dante and Arch in some order. Um, that seems smart to me. I think all those guys have an NFL future. I guess the only guy I recently moved in, like I already kind of talked about, was Nico. I moved him into the top 10 just based on situation. And I, you know, I agree. I don't love his tape. And for some reason, he only has two interceptions on 400 pass attempts. And it's like, so 
I don't know if he just runs good or, or what's going on there, but maybe he's a good decision maker too. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if that holds up this year. But um, from a tool, like he can scramble around and make plays. So like we talked about, I talked about how Tennessee is kind of a one read offense. Like, so he, if he, if the read's not there, I think he can kind of move around a little bit and find somebody else and, you know, make something happen. So I guess I would have him in there, but otherwise the list, looks pretty strong. I also want to ask you, David, in case people don't know, you have Dante Moore as your QB one still, I believe. Yeah, I do have Dante up there. It's really close between, he's kind of been my guy from the beginning and I'm just like very stubborn. I do like Malachi a lot. I mean, I think those two guys are pretty clearly at the top. So I think Dante just has the it factor for me and, and seeing him live kind of, I was kind of worried he had a little bit of a noodle because like on it's hard it's kind of hard to tell on tape but seeing him live like his arm is actually like really pretty strong like they did like a little um a little fun thing after one of the like to close out one of the days at the elite 11 and he threw he threw a pass from like midfield and hit the crossbar so like a you know a 60 yard bomb like he made it look pretty easy um so he's got he's got and he had pretty good velocity on his passes as well. So he kind of checked boxes there. I, I don't have any rushing stats on him, so like that's an issue for like that's probably the biggest issue. Like is he won't be a rushing threat most likely, but he does have a couple of he does actually have a couple of sixty yard um, runs on his tape, and um, he actually trains with the track team. He has he has been for the last three seasons. So like I think he's conscientious of like improving his speed and athleticism so we'll see you know if it, if he gets more athletic going forward yeah i mean i i am a big fan of dante as well he plays tomorrow in indianapolis i'm hoping to find a way to watch that game what is interesting about dante matt i mean if you're just tuning into this you're probably most of the time looking at what on three 24 seven sports rival says, and they all clearly have arch above both of these guys where we're in consensus that it's Malachi as the one. Most of us have Dante too. There is, I believe one person who has arch two. Is that kind of surprising to you? The top three and how are, how close are those three for you? Matt said that those are pretty close for him. How close are all three of those guys for you? Yeah, I think it's pretty close. Uh, yeah, you know, well, there's definitely a separation between Dante Moore, Malachi Nesson, and Arch Manning for me. They're all tier one, but there's just a slight gap there. I think Arch is a really safe player. You know what you're getting. He's refined. He's going to make his reads. He's going to process. He's going to make the check down. You know, he, the, in the charting we did, he had a 8.2 ADOT. You know, nothing exciting. And the physical tools aren't glaringly amazing. But when it comes down to it, he is a Manning. I'm absolutely going to consider that in my evaluation. I think it would be silly not to. He's getting trained by three NFL quarterbacks, potentially two Hall of Famers, and he's wealthy enough to get any training resources he wants in the country. And until I see a major flaw in his game, I'm going to ride him in Tier 1 still. So I'm glad that you brought that up because I was going to – pivot this to Austin because Austin you do have Arch slightly ahead of Dante mm -hmm. how much does that matter and everybody can answer this uh, after Austin as well how much does that actually help the fact that Arch is going as well to a coach in Sarkeesian who has shown he has the ability to put these quarterbacks into the NFL you've got Malachi Nelson who's going to Lincoln Riley same thing and Dante who we're all a fan of 
is going to Oregon. We don't even know if Dillingham will be there much longer. Doesn't really have a track record in showing that. And and obviously we can't say anything about uh, his name is just completely out of my head right now. The head coach who came over from Georgia. Planning. Planning. We we can't really say whether he has any help in developing that he's just become a head coach. But Dillingham really has gotten all of his praise for one season of Bo Nix. So, does that factor in at all for you, Austin, and in, in Arch going to Sarkeesian and Texas? I mean, Matt, Matt nailed it. The only point that I would tack on is that even if he fails, the fact that his last name is Manning means that he's going to get multiple other chances. So even if, you know, say say he's the guy at Texas and Texas brings in another kid in the class after him and that kid takes his job, he's going to have, for the most part, his pick of school that he can go to and probably compete and get the job there. But I think the name in addition to all the benefits it'll have in terms of development will also help in the fact that it's a very nice safety net if something were to go wrong. So I think that's, it, it does matter. Like people, people want to be contrarian and say that it doesn't matter. Like whether you think he's not a good player or, a, or, or he is a good player, that's a different thing. But like the last name man should factor into the evaluation just based on the totality of the circumstance. I agree. And and I don't want anybody to think none of us here think he's a bad player just because we have Malachi and Dante ranked ahead of him. I think it's just a little bit more of the upside there in both of those guys. Alfred, is there a quarterback that stands out to you on this top 10 to say either you like, or maybe you're kind of surprised one of your guys didn't make that list. Yeah. I mean, I'll bring up my guy, Avery Johnson. He, you didn't, you didn't list him, right? He is not in our top 10. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I like Avery Johnson. He, he came on the podcast. He, he gave us a, an interview, which was very nice. But, you know, when we talk about these guys, you know, Lonergan, Clarkson, Collins, Vizina, they're all okay. I think, uh, and I have them ranked slightly below Johnson. What I think Johnson, he has some really, like, really high upside. I mean, he, he needs to probably mature a little bit and just physically, I know he's a little bit small, but, you know, David over here, I know can, can speak to basketball highlights being something we, we stand here at campus of Canton recruiting department. And I mean, Avery Johnson is an elite level athlete. I think Um, his upside in terms of his physical ability to make things happen is, is up there with anybody in this class. And if he kind of like, he's the guy, like if he takes a step in his entire quarterbackness, you know, could be an absolute game changer. He's going to start early. If he stays at Kansas state, I don't think they really have anybody, you know, Adrian Martinez is going to expire his eligibility. Avery Johnson is going to come on campus next year. I'm not saying he's going to start bar none as a freshman, but like he's going to be in the mix, even in packages, I think to, to use his rushing ability. Um, and if he puts it together, I mean, he's got like the ceiling of anybody. So uh, outside probably those top three, I think there's a clear like line of demarcation there. But, you know, he could be as high as QB4 in this class. He has NFL potential if it comes together. So, you know, he's a guy I think we should be ranking higher, at least in that top 10 because of the potential. Because like David said, after the top three, they all get murky. Why not take the guy with the, with the upside? I, I like the hot take that he should be up there near QB four. That's a, so he is currently our QB fourteen. We're all actually fairly close, I believe, on him grading wise. So those that have, that have graded him um, outside of, I believe, well, Alfred, your grades 
not here. We were close. We had, I, I had an error on my grades. Oh, right, I did right. it on the wrong sheet. I will just tell the group, whoever's watching right now, he is my six. Okay, so, so he's a little bit higher for you than I would guess most of us. I have him right in like the 12. He, he's 14 for us. I, I know because me and Matt had a conversation about this, and he's extremely fun to watch. But I did not grade him highly because of some of the things. Like I just think there's, there needs to be some development there. And do I think he can get there? Yes, absolutely. But going to Kansas State, maybe with the playing time you mentioned, I, I, I actually kind of agree with you. I think he could easily start as a freshman there. So maybe with that playing time, he's able to develop, and then he builds up. Like I just the rushing is fun to watch. He his passing though for me was very inconsistent. Definitely has a good arm, but it was inconsistent. I'm kind of that's where he graded a little bit lower for me, and that's why he he didn't come inside. But I'm with you. Like I see the upside. And and I, I'd be very curious to see how well he performs at Kansas State. And I, I think that's I think that's totally fair. I'm just banking on the tools, and there, you know, there's like some intangibles here. We talked about that with we've talked about this a little bit with like you know Nico. There and there's some intangibles there where it's like he's just not he's not a gamer. He doesn't have it. Like Avery Johnson won a basketball title. He's been like the greatest player at Mays, Kansas high school, like of all time of basketball, football, the whole thing. He's just like a legend already in his small ecosystem. And so I'm very excited to see him. Like he just could be like that guy who just like transcends stuff as he goes on. So a little narrative street there that is not scientific, but I think there's some juice there that, that is just worth banking on. Austin, is there a guy in the top 10 that you – or not in the top 10 that you think should be in there? The only, well, I haven't – I'm not very not no, not very deep into quarterbacks, but I do like Malachi Singleton, and he's mostly as like a – I think he'll perform well in college kind of guy. I'm not sure that there's a lot of NFL potential there. I also think it's really difficult to project a lot of these quarterbacks to the NFL, so I'll stick with the guy. Like he's he's very mobile. He's going to Arkansas, at least as of today, which is a school that we know will utilize a mobile quarterback – he played high school football with Samuel Mbake, who's already there. So, like, he has, like, when he goes there, he's going to have somebody there that, like, he knows to help him settle in. Like, I think some of those things can be really helpful for young quarterbacks. Um, so he's a guy where he's my QB7 right now. I've only watched nine. I've only graded out a handful. So he'll probably slide a little bit. But um, I think in terms of, like, if I'm playing in, like, a C2C league or – like a, a college fantasy dynasty type of league. He's a guy that I'm looking at pretty carefully because, you know, maybe he sits a year behind KJ Jefferson and then just takes that job over and uh, is really productive there for, you know, two, three, four years. Yeah, he was a guy who I know, Matt, um, you just watched him last weekend, kind of struggled a little bit in that game. But I know he's a guy, he made it to the Elite 11. He was a guy I know that uh, some of us were fairly high on. So, Matt, what about you? Anybody in the top 10 you think should have been in there? Um, I'm pretty happy with the top 10. The only guy I have in mind that isn't in ours collectively is Avery Johnson. But, you know, you guys already explained that really well. He's my quarterback nine anyway, so he just fringely barely makes it in there anyway. So I think that pretty much covers it. All right, so let's move on to the running backs here. So our top 10 consists of Cedric Baxter, who is going to Texas next up. Uh, Alfred's guy, Justice Haynes, going to Alabama. You've got Reuben Owens going to Louisville. <clears throat> Excuse me. Roderick Robinson going to UCLA. Cameron Selden going to Tennessee. Richard Young going to Bama. 
Uh, Jeremiah Cobb going to Auburn. Dylan Smothers going to Oklahoma. Dylan Edwards going to – it's Notre Dame, right? I feel like I'm mixing that up. Yes, okay. And then I'm going to be honest. I don't know. I have not watched Isaiah Augustive. I don't know where he is going. Can anybody tell me? Arkansas. Arkansas. Okay, there we go. I have not watched him. I have no idea where he's going. Austin, you were high on, or you are high on Roderick Robinson going to UCLA. Massive kid. He is a big boy. Uh, I watched him this past weekend because you and Matt were talking about him in the chat. Why do you think he's being underrated, though, by the recruiting services, and why do we have him so high? Yeah, I was pretty skeptical on him at first watch just because I think a lot of the time those super beefy high school backs, like they kind of scare me a little bit that you were able to get up to that weight in high school. Like usually I think it's either bad weight or it's like a kid that can't help himself in terms of like, you know, weight room. Like that's like all they want to do, which I think can hurt like, you know, in terms of, you know, flexibility and things like that, which matter a lot for running backs, a lot more than people think. But then I finally got to sit down and like really, really watch him, I guess this past weekend um, and he's listed at 230. I actually don't think it's 230. Like just looking at him, I don't I think he's closer to 220, which is fine. Um, I think his his feet are pretty light for his size. Like I used to, he plays very under control, which I wouldn't necessarily always guess a, a bigger back to be able to do. I think his his athletic profile is decent beyond that. Like he's never gonna be a burner. He's never gonna be a guy that's just juking people all over the place. But I, you know, I think just like he's good enough in all those areas. And obviously with his physicality and his size, he's going to win between the tackles very well. And then the thing that's really sold me is just all these clips of him as a receiver at these camps and stuff. I know, David, he was at the Elite 11 final, right? And you were saying he he looked really good as a receiver there. I think that kind of sold me too because, again, you know, if if you think 230 pounds, he's going to be like a bruiser. But if he can kind of do everything, then maybe there's hope that he, you know, he continues to develop a, a three-down skill set. Well, I mean, what makes it even more interesting, we talked a little bit about this with quarterbacks, and I think it should matter with running backs as well. Uh, I mean, David, you said, or Austin just said that you got a chance to watch him at the Elite 11. We've actually seen Chip Kelly, whether, you know, he stays at UCLA very long or not, he's getting his running backs drafted. And the men now all produced at the NFL level, but they're getting drafted. Do you think that matters for a guy like Robinson? Yeah, I think, um, you know, UCLA does a pretty good job recruiting um, offensive linemen in general. Their scheme seems to be pretty good. They run like a, a mostly like a gap, a gap running scheme. And I think that fits his, his skill set pretty well. Um, so like he's not, he's, he's somewhat similar to Charbonnet. He's not as fast as him. I think we have him at 20.5 miles per hour, which is good enough. But I think, uh, you know, the fit, is why I think I like him the most, but you know, his film is, is definitely solid and he's a little more finesse than you'd think. Uh, he definitely showed off some, he was catching bombs at, at, you know, at the elite 11 and he looked good. So um, I think I have met running back seven. So I definitely agree with us having him in the top 10. Very nice. Yeah. I, I have him fairly high as well after Austin and Matt were talking about him and, and, and watching, uh, watching him this past weekend. Matt, David just mentioned 20.5 miles per hour there for him. Can you explain what the threshold is? I know every time we talk about this with Felix here, he always gets it wrong. It's like if you're faster than like 17 miles an hour, you're faster. It's not actually true. There's certain thresholds that you want. Can you give us a little bit more of an explanation on that before we go talk about your guy, Cameron Seldon? 
Yeah, so based on my wide receiver research, we haven't quite gotten done with the RBs yet, but it's it should hold relatively the same, maybe even more for running backs. But there's a very clear threshold at 19.5 miles per hour or below. There's a very low hit rate. You either have to be a massive guy like uh, Isaiah Hodgins or like an Alan Lazard type of player or like a really elite technician like uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown, something like that. Well, speaking of a guy who is extremely fast, I believe it was over 22 miles per hour, and that is Cameron Seldon, who's actually listed as an athlete, but going to Tennessee to likely play running back. I believe he played running back, wide receiver, defensive back, I believe even linebacker. And is he the one who also played edge in high school at some point as well? Like there's one running back who's played like, it feels like every single position on there, but you were very high on him. He's an exciting player to watch. What is it you like about Seldon? Yeah, so first of all, we don't know if he's playing running back yet or not. He still could end up a wide receiver. I think we'd all probably agree his best spot is probably a running back. But uh, his evaluation is pretty straightforward. He's just a fantastic athlete. We've timed him over 22 miles per hour several times. The highest I've got him at is now 22.7 recently. So at six foot one, six foot two, 220 pounds, that's incredible. Uh, he'll immediately be a top five, top ten, most athletic player in college football. So that upside is so tantalizing. It's hard not to rank him aggressively, especially in a RB class that I like but don't love. Um, definitely a huge boomer bust risk, though. Uh, we don't have much tape on him. We don't really have much stats on him. He's playing out in a small school in Virginia. So there's a lot of mystery around him. We don't even know what position he's playing. So take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, that, I think that was a big thing I took away. Uh, you were the one who kind of turned me onto the strength of schedule thing. So I've been looking at that and putting that in all of my profiles. And his is like the worst that I've seen out of all the players I've graded. It was like a negative like 70 or something. like. It's really like he plays like the worst competition of like almost every national school. It, it's really, But I mean, it's the film is extremely fun to watch. Like he really is, as you mentioned, like an incredible athlete. Alfred, is there a player in the top 10 that stands out to you? Well, um, <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to throw me a, a name. Um, it could be anybody. I mean, I know you're a big fan of Justice Haynes. I'm, I'm with you. I actually thought his film was a lot of fun to watch. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of other guys really intriguing on this list. Anybody you want to talk about? Anybody yeah, there's, I, I mean, I think it looks like I actually just added a guy tonight before we came on that I looked at for the first time. But, yeah, I, I think Justice Haynes for me is at this point – pretty clearly my favorite running back. I know that that is a little bit of a hot take. I just think he's, you know, he's well, I think that the take on him for most people I've talked to is he's well-rounded, but he doesn't do anything great. And I think I disagree. I think he does route running, receiving. He's great. And he's, he's really good in between the tackles as well. Like he's a good running back who also has receiving chops. I think that's rare to see. Um, normally, you know, we're like, oh, he's a good receiver. He can't run between the tackles or whatever. But I think Haynes just has it all. Uh, he's going to Bama, obviously. But another guy I wanted to bring up, I honestly, like, we talk a lot in the chat. We talk all day. We talk recruiting. We throw out names all the time. Uh, Marion Peterson uh, out of Texas. Watched him for the first time. He's ranked in the teens or whatever. Hadn't gotten quite down there. But I looked at him tonight. Very impressive to me. And I looked at our database. He's got 21.9 miles per hour. That is cruising. We just talked about Selden hitting 22. Peterson's almost there. He's 200 pounds uh, listed at least. 
he's got some physical runs as well. Like he's not just speed. He he's stiff arm guys. He's running over guys. I don't know. He's got some receiving on his tape. Like he's kind of got a lot of things. He, he ranked high for me. I'm going to have to look again. That was the very first watch. But Marion Peterson, I want to throw it to the group. Why aren't you guys talking about him more? We talk all the time. I've never heard that name. Well, first of all, I just want to say something about Justin Haynes. He's got 10 catches. Calm down. He has 10 <laughs> catches last year. You're talking about like he's the next coming of McCaffrey. He's got 10 catches, 19 career catches. In three years I love his rivals one-on-ones so, with the linebackers. Okay? Let's just, that's all I want to say there. But um, with Amarian, I, I think he's like super tightly stiff-hipped. He's not doing anything for you laterally. And additionally, they're they're getting another freaky athlete in Quinn Joyner who runs 22 miles per hour. So, and who I don't love either. I've actually kind of caught me out on that one, have him graded about the same. I think there's a good chance USC grabs a transfer anyway. So, David, uh, uh, coming over to you with this one, we we talked a little bit about this in the chat. There's a lot of uh, running backs that we all think are good, but they're a little bit undersized. So it's kind of hard to like figure out what exactly their projection is going to be. Are there any of those guys that stand out to you that you really like, but just because of the size, like you can't put them too highly? Yeah, I'll just start with Dalen Smothers. Uh, he's going to Oklahoma. I, I really liked his film. Um, he graded out pretty well for me. I have him as my RB five right now, actually. Uh, yeah, that's the issue. Like he's listed at one seventy five. I think he plays bigger than that. Um, so I mean, it's going to be a big projection for him to get to anywhere over two hundred pounds, you know. But he is. I think he's relatively. T- he has a decent frame on him, so maybe he'll surprise us. But I liked his tape overall. I thought he had good vision. Um, really good cutting ability. I think we got him at 21.2 miles per hour. He's got good speed. He can catch the ball. They used him. They used him all around uh, as a receiver too. So uh, I think he was my favorite guy that I I ranked highly, and I just said I don't care about the size. I'm just gonna just gonna go for it. Yeah, I mean they're all ranked pretty high for me. I mean Blake Welch here in the comments for those of you who will be listening to this on the podcast brought up Amarian and then Cole Cabana who's going to Michigan. I actually like Cole Cabana as well. Both him. Um, Dylan Edwards, who's going to Notre Dame. I also have, I have Dylan Edwards very high. Like I, I really like him, but he's very undersized, which is kind of like, obviously the big concern. It's hard to project the dude who's sitting here at like five, nine, one on a good, as like soaking wet to really be much outside of a college back. But I, I like those guys as well. Moving on to the wide receivers here. So our top 10, Zachariah Branch, who is committed to USC. Jontae Cook going to Texas. Makai Lemon, who is technically listed as an athlete, but we expect to play wide receiver going to USC. Noah Rogers going to Ohio State. Jaden Greathouse going to Notre Dame. Brandon Ennis, who had an amazing game last weekend going to Ohio State. Jerry on Dickey going to Oregon. DeAndre Moore going to Louisville. Carnell Tate going to Ohio State and Jalen Hale, who we talked about earlier, who is currently uncommitted. I just want to give a shout out to Brandon Innes in case he's watching this. We all very much appreciate you tweeting your own stats, including your all-purpose yards. That is a great way to get bumped up our rankings. 
Yeah, I felt bad about that because he actually quote tweeted me because I shortchanged him some yards and that made me feel bad because I I was just listening to the broadcast and they did not give him the yards that he told me he got, but I I trust him. He played in the game. But Matt, Noah Rogers, speaking of Ohio State, we all have him ranked fairly highly, but you do not. You've mentioned some of the concerns on him in our chat. Why don't you tell the folks here some of the concerns you have about him? Yeah, well, let me start by saying I'm not that low. He's in my tier two, solidly. Going to be a top ten wide receiver for me. I just have feel like I have a little more concerns with him than you guys do. I feel like it's a little bit one-dimensional, as in he's pretty much only a down-the-field guy. Over 50% of his routes in the two games I charted were posts and goes. And that's really all he did. Uh, he kind of had a lack of effort in the games I watched too. If he didn't, if it was like a one field, one half the field read, or he didn't think he was getting the ball, just jogging off the line, not really, you know, putting in that much effort. I don't think he's that refined in general. He doesn't have that much footwork off the line, doesn't run a lot of breaking routes. Uh, he does have the best hands in the class, though, probably. He makes, you know, amazing grabs. Uh, in the two games I charted, he did have a 9.5% drop rate, which isn't, you know, it's not the worst thing ever, but it's also not a sign of great hands in general. Uh, so that'll probably be pretty much all my big concerns. Obviously, he's going to Ohio State, though, and, you know, good, very good chance he ends up as a very productive receiver. You got to defer to Heartline. There's, there's yeah, got to be a Heartline max on these guys. Well, like, like, if Heartline a- wants them, you got to bump them. Well, I, I mean, Matt, I mean, Matt, as another Ohio State fan, I don't know that you can necessarily bump them just because Hartline wants it. We don't love the class that they just brought in outside of, like, I know Matt likes one guy, a couple of us like Gray's. Like, it's just because he's going there doesn't mean he's going to pan out. And Austin, I believe we were talking about this off air before the show, but like, you also have to be a little bit worried about them going to Ohio State with the classes they continue to bring in. It doesn't guarantee that these guys are going to play every single year. Now, I, Matt, I believe David and myself both have him as an 80-plus, so that puts him in our Tier 1. So we're very high on him. Matt, again, you're right. You're not like It's not like you have him great as like a Tier 4 wide receiver. You're just, uh, you've expressed a little bit more concern on some of the things you just brought up that maybe some of us had not necessarily seen. I have not had a chance to go back and watch some of the stuff that you talked about. So it is something that I'm really looking forward to doing, but you, um, I mean, like I, I agree with you there. There's definitely some interesting things about him. I'd, I'd love to go back and look deeper on uh, David. You're leading the charge here on Hale. I know you talked a little bit about him. Alfred is kind of tanking him. Is there a school that you'd like to see him go to since we kind of already talked about the things we like and don't like about his game? Um, I do you guys know who's leading? Is it Texas that's leading for him right now or Oklahoma? It shows that they're they've, I believe, it's got five crystal balls on him for Texas right now. That seems to be the leader in the club, yeah. That's the rumor I've heard. Okay, I mean, Texas has a pretty Texas is back there. That's what people keep telling me. So they keep getting really good offensive line recruits. That's been one of their big issues. And, um, you know, obviously, Arch being there and and he would be a pretty good fit with Jonte Cook too. So I'll just say, yeah, I'd like to see him go to Texas. Oh, I don't know what just happened to my stuff. Can you guys even see me? Professional. There we go. Okay. I know we talked about Hale earlier and I just want to toss out real quick. I actually do think that he has some flexibility. I just don't think that A, they ask him to show a lot and B, that like he, the, you know, just stylistically that he's, he's needed to, but I do see some tools there for him to turn into a, a plus 
route runner. And we talked earlier, like he does have decent size. Like I think that's the difference between a guy like like him and like Jalen Brown, who I think are ranked relatively similarly and kind of kind of similarly and kind of asked to do some similar type stuff in high school. But I think Hale has infinitely better tools than Brown does at this stage beyond Brown's 10, six, 100 or whatever he runs. Well, yeah, I think David mentioned <clears throat> that at the beginning of the show that he thinks he can play in the slot and outside. So I, I agree with that. I mean, he's fairly highly ranked for me. I just, he's incomplete. I want to see where he goes before I can finish grading him. So he could jump up even higher, but I have him like right in the middle of my tier two. So I think it's really not to like, pile more on alfred it's really he's the only one that has him lower than that we're all fairly in a similar range but again he mentioned some of the concerns he has with them earlier so i mean there's you know there's nothing wrong with that we we're not all going to see things in in uniform except for if you're malachi nelson and zachariah branch apparently so that, that but that's a good thing austin uh you were kind of the first on at least the, that i saw talking about jonte cook how special do you think he can be i believe he's tier one for all of us is that correct I think he is. He is for me. I, I know. Yeah, he is for he, me. He is an 80, at least 80 across the board for everybody. So he's a tier one for everybody. Yeah, when we're saying tier one, guys, just to kind of try to give some relative, you know, idea of where we're ranking. So we're rating these guys out of 100. Well, it's out of 80, and then it's like, you know, the point total we give them, then, you know, is a total out of 100%. Um, we have... Like I have like eight or nine guys in my tier one. Like these are guys that grade above a point eight. Like that's pretty high. Um, so there aren't a ton of these guys. It's guys that basically I would say like if you have a first round pick in a supplemental draft next year, assuming that there's no interesting upperclassmen hanging around on on as, as free agents, these are kind of like the guys that would be like a first round draft pick. So guys like we talked about Malachi Nelson, Arch Manning, um, Justice Haynes, the running back, Cedric Baxter, who we uh, we didn't talk a ton about, but is kind of our consensus RB one, like Dante Moore, the quarterback, and then some of these wide receivers. Like these are these are kind of the guys that you're thinking, I'm probably going to spend a first round pick on this guy, um, if you're kind of trading for them and, and trying to acquire them for fantasy purposes. Cook, I mean, he's a highly rated kid. I'm not going to take the credit for discovering this kid or something, um, but he. He reminds me so much of Xavier Worthy. Like, it's really funny that he's going to Texas because I think that stylistically he's very similar. He might not be quite as explosive, but I think he's just as smooth. And I think he's a better receiver, like in air quotes, than Worthy was coming out of high school. Like, just, you know, route deception, he already can do it. He's fast enough to just like, and he knows it. Like, he can eliminate angles pretty easily. Uh, he has a decent release package already for a kid that's in high school. Like, there are some times where maybe he fights the ball when he's catching it, which is, you know, kind of a Xavier worthy thing too. Like for better or for worse, they're very similar players. Um, I think he is the kind of kid that can transition to college really, really easily. Cause I think he can kind of play across a formation, you know, maybe as a true freshman, you don't want him lining up at X, but I think he could play slot or kind of like as a flanker and be pretty proficient at that from day one. So I think, and, and I kind of just like his personality too. Like, he has swagger, but he's not, like, a dick. Like, he doesn't take it too seriously. Like, he's kind of immature, but at the same time, like, stays within, like, a certain wheelhouse. Like, I, I think a wide receiver just kind of needs a little bit of that. I think he has that. Um, so, and another non-scientific quote, as Alfred said earlier. But uh, I think I, I like that out of some of these guys. He's fun. He's he's, yeah. a, he's a fun follow on social media. He, he's a really intriguing kid. Uh, before we uh, talk about anybody who wants to move a player in and out, um, 
I was kind of surprised. I really like DeAndre Moore, who's going to Louisville, plays St. John Bosco. They've got a, a big game this weekend against Allen. I know Alfred likes him as well. Matt, you had kind of just also talked about how you liked him. I thought I was going to be the highest on him, but both you guys graded higher uh, on him than I did. I, I think he's a really phenomenal player in this class. He's, he's a guy that I am surprised is as low as he is in our top 10. But Alfred, is there a guy that's either not in the top 10 or one that you want to highlight as a guy that you really like? Let's see. <clears throat> um, yeah, you know, I, I liked a guy who uh, Matt can talk to this a little bit because I think the issue is his high school production is very bad. But just on film and on tape, I really liked what I saw to Carmelo English. I think he's right at that wide receiver 10 cutoff for me. Um, yeah, he's like at nine. So. I just, I really like his athletic ability. I mean, when you watch tape, even when you watch huddle and you watch one game or something like you're getting probably their best. So you're seeing like in a perfect world, this is what this guy can do. And you have to temper that with what he's likely to do on a consistent basis versus what he can do if he's feeling it for a game. But I, I really like some of the things he displays very flexible, a lot of yak to me, which I like the big, receivers who can add yak a lot of the times the big receivers are like go up and catch it but he's got that plus the ability to make something happen with the ball in his hands i guess matt i mean you can briefly speak to i think the issue with him in some of the rankings is just he was really inefficient at least as a junior and sophomore his last few years is that right yeah i believe it was a combination of that and he's really old i believe he's like 18.9 so like okay. just below that threshold just worrying. And yeah, I like this tape. I didn't love it per se. I think he probably reminds you a bit of Kobe Prentice. He kind of plays like that with, with the yak and and bigger. You know, he's probably going to, yeah, is he? I thought he was bigger. I don't think bigger he's, bigger. if he, he's not much, but he's probably going to be a primary slot guy. Um, I just, I don't really love his upside. And then on top of that, the age and production thing. Well, just, I mean, the age is every, real. That's a real thing. thing. That's the thing, thing, thing all just kind of all piled on to where like eh, not a guy I'm really that interested in. But before we name our, our sleepers and overrated players really quick, Matt, can you expand on that? The age thing, why it matters for wide receivers having being older than a certain number. I actually don't even know what the number is. So, yeah, so we, the, it's just a simple 19 year old cutoff that I've been looking at. And I believe there's 30 ish guys since the 2016 wide receiver recruiting class. And basically all of them have busted. Uh, I think the best one on there is probably Julian Fleming. And he hasn't really done much. Yeah, yet. There, there was a lot of, there's a lot of this really is his year, Matt. poor guys. There. I this mean, is his year. It could be, he could be the one out of 30. So <laughs> either way, I still feel confident. This, this is his year. David, I just want to ask you real quick, because I know you're a resident Notre Dame guy. And we, you know, talked, we, we named Jaden Greathouse, but didn't say anything else about him. Can you give us an idea of kind of he's kind of the the you know wide receiver du jour of like every every guy out there? Everyone seems to really like him. Not super highly rated by the services. What kind of player do you think he is? And then like Notre Dame's thin there. Does he play pretty early? Do you think? Yeah, I think that's the best thing about Great House is he's just ready to go. I mean, he yeah, Austin, you've said this before. He's probably the most refined receiver in this class. He's already got the size, like he's 6'2", 220 or something like that. We don't want him to get much bigger, but his, the, so the size is there, the refinement's there. The, the depth chart at Notre Dame is just brutal, honestly. It's, 
like they just had to switch over Xavier Watts from safety to wide receiver just to like patch things together and get some more bodies in there. Yeah. Um, I do kind of like Tobias Merriweather. There's some holes in his game. We'll see how he develops. Um, and then you got Styles there as well. And, you know, everyone's expecting him to break out. I hope he does. So he could be a guy that leaves early potentially. We'll see on that. But outside of those guys, I, you know, he should produce, like, he, there's no way he's going to be like a year one zero. Like, he's going to come in and he should see the field and he should produce. So that's something you can invest in for sure. Yeah, well, he, he was running with, like really good, you know, breaking off out routes and stuff on his junior tape, like really crisp, sharp, you know, the whole route tree. I agree with David there. I mean, he is ready to go. So I know there's a lot of factors that play into this, David, but I just want to ask you a quick follow-up question. You know, you just mentioned you don't think he's going to be a guy that does nothing as a freshman. You think that that depth chart's kind of ripe for the picking. If he does virtually nothing, you know, like a handful of catches and that's it would you be fading him pretty hard like if he can't do anything in that room yeah i mean that's a huge red flag like i, I don't know how like with with the receivers they have in there like he has to like he has to do something like, i'd be i'd be shocked if he didn't um and if he didn't then maybe if it's injury based that's like the only that's like the only pass i can give him for that but yeah i would be fading him pretty hard all right, it's time to give our sleepers. David, why don't you kick it off? Give us a a player that you think is, we're going to be talking a lot more about as we do like our freshman supplemental guys next year that's, that we did not mention tonight. Uh, the guy I want to talk about isn't like super deep. I think he's like 20th on the consensus. So this isn't like a super sleeper or whatever, but I do want to, I do want to spend some time on him. Tyler Williams is a guy that I think has a, a really big upside. He's my wide receiver six at this point, which is, it's definitely a projection. Um, I like him very similarly to Chris Marshall, similar size profile. I think uh, on three has him at like six, two and a half, 200 pounds. Um, he's a basketball player. He spent most of his time playing basketball. He, he just played his first year at wide receiver. He averaged like 30 yards per catch. Um, he's, he's flexible for a, uh, you know, a taller guy. He's a good fluid mover. Um, He's not just like uh, one of those guys that gains speed, like uh, long speed with like having long legs and stuff like that. Like he, he's got some twitch to him. Um, so he's a guy I can like see becoming, he's, there's no refinement to his game right now. I'll, like I'll be honest about that. But I think that he's a guy that will develop in that, in that department. So I think he can become a good route runner. And, and I think his upside is just, you know, just kind of like how I thought about Chris Marshall. I think he was, right around the wide receiver five for me in the last class. Matt, who's yours? Um, I'll probably go with Benjamin Hall. He's uh plays in North Cobb going to Michigan playing running back. And I think he's going to start over Cole Cabana, but uh, he's six foot, I believe or five ten, two twenty five. 5'10", uh, He's got really good vision, really good footwork around the line. Moves pretty good laterally. He's physical. Doesn't have great top end speed. I think that's probably his biggest drawback. Uh, and he got tier two grades for Austin and I. Everyone else were party poopers. So uh, he didn't come out into a top 10 running back. This is a guy ranked, I believe, 55 for 24 7 right now. So pretty under the radar and a guy that I think is going to rise a lot this season. 
I, I, I was trying to figure out where I had Hall. I didn't think I was that far down on him, but I guess uh, I guess it's pretty bad. Austin, hater. who Austin, who is uh, who's your sleeper? You're, you're a hater because he's going to Michigan. Um, I, I like Cole Cabana, and he's going to Michigan. I have Cabana, the Cabana really. Ate really if his high. nickname isn't Copa, we have done something horribly wrong with Cole Cabana over the next few years. Um, that's a terrible joke. Um, so I think like my one of my favorites is Montrevious Lloyd who is also going to Pitt. I think Pitt has like a sneaky, really good recruiting class next year. The staff seems like they're pretty excited about it, but I haven't like a formally graded him out. I just kind of watched him. He's a uh, running back um, from Florida, I believe, or somewhere down South um, who I think can be the guy after Abanaconda is done there. Um, so I'm going to toss out a, a Nathaniel Joseph wide receiver going to Miami. He was originally committed to Clemson and he's flipped over. He's an undersized guy. He's like five, eight, one seventy. But I think that he offers, like, he's, like, I think he can be kind of small, like, smaller waddle kind of in a sense. Like, he's just extremely explosive, extremely dangerous with the ball in his hands. He's going to be a, like, I think he can develop into a guy that can do a little bit of everything. But I think to start his career, he's going to be, like, line of scrimmage stuff and then go deep. And I think he can play both of those roles now. They're incredibly athletic. I just, like, twitchy. And Miami had like, nothing at wide receiver. Like we've talked all offseason. Like they have nothing. They have nothing. They have nothing. Like Xavier Restrepo has gotten hype this offseason as like he could be their guy. He's like the most mid college wide receiver like in the country at a power five program. Like it's embarrassing that he would be the guy you're hyping. I think this guy gives them something they don't have at all. I think he can come in and play in the slot pretty early. I think he's guaranteed to be probably a non zero because he'll return punts and kicks early in his career. Um, he's just kind of, you know, that Zachariah Branch light. Like, I'm not going to put him in the same sentence per se, but like, I like that's his skill set. Um, I, I, I think he can do some big things down there at Miami. They're really trying to turn that program around. They kind of want these, these athletic eyes. He fits the, the new Miami, the, the new old Miami. So they're trying to kind of harken back. Alfred, do you have a sleeper? I got one comes across my my uh, my rankings here. I'm gonna throw this name out there. We have mentioned him in the chat, but Caden Lee is a receiver out of Georgia. He is um, you know 5'11", 175. He's currently the composite wide receiver 52. He's 24/7's wide receiver 74. So way down the list. He's a three star guy, but he shares a lot of twitch. And he, you know, he had a thousand yards as a junior and 11 touchdowns. He's dominated his high school receiving share. Um, I think at least as a junior, maybe even as a sophomore prior to that, but very twitchy. He runs, he runs good routes to me. He's very sudden uh, in his movements. I think he can develop into a real receiver who, you know, wins on the outside and um, kind of the whole, the whole thing. He's very, very fast. And I think he's just way too low being like a complete afterthought, like buried in the three stars. So that's a guy I kind of like. He's changed high schools a couple of times. So like, I don't know what's up with that, you know, uh, which is always a little bit weird when these guys keep bouncing around. But, um, you know, he should play. Hopefully he plays as a senior, puts up a lot of numbers and maybe gets a bump. Uh, yeah, so mine, I don't, not necessarily a sleeper, and I'm probably going to end up being wrong on him. I was, I was told I was wrong on Gavin Sawchuk, who's a little bit of a smaller guy as well. Um, I mentioned him earlier, uh, Dylan Edwards, uh, going to Notre Dame. He's listed at 5'9", 165. I just have him graded insanely high. I know 
uh, David and I talked a little bit about this in the chat. They may not ever be an NFL future for him based on his size, but I love his speed. Matt and them have him clocked at 22 miles an hour. I think he's a really good receiver as well. I believe he's got over 20 catches in his career so far. I think he moves well laterally, um, reaches maximum speed really good, changes directions really fast, does not really lose any speed in anything that he does. He's extremely hard to get a hand on, even for him being a little bit small. I think he can legitimately score from anywhere on the field. He's also a plus on special teams as well. Again, the, the major flaw is going to be his size, but I think – Going to Notre Dame, they could use him in that receiving back role. Even if you just get four years of college production out of him, high-end college production, I think he's going to be a fun player to watch. I'm excited to see him go to, to Notre Dame. I think he's going to be a very intriguing player. Matt, the, all, all you have to do is just say the next Deuce Vaughn. Everyone's like, okay, great. I don't want to do that because I have I feel like I've said like Kyle McCord's the next Aaron Rodgers, and that's just bit me in the ass for like two years <laughs> in a row. So we're, we're not going to do that. I, I've, I've tried to avoid comps because I'm also really bad at them. Because um, I know a lot of us don't. We try not to speak negatively about players. So we don't have to go deep into analysis here. Just I just want to name from everybody. I'm going to come to you first, Alfred. Who's the player that you just feel is, whether it's our rankings, 24-7, on three rivals, you don't have to name them, but who's the player you think is just overrated right now? I'm going to avoid the quarterbacks that we've kind of already listed as kind of overrated. Um, You know, I think that, uh, let's see, let's go with, we kind of touched on them. Um, You know, I'll I'll just stick to like Jalen Brown and, uh, and Hale, both, I guess they're both Jalen's. And I just think that this mark archetype of this big outside wide receiver that isn't super versatile is like, you have to be so freaking good at that role to succeed. Otherwise, you just wind up being kind of an afterthought in an offense, I think, especially the way the offenses are moving. Uh, unless we somehow go backwards, I don't like those types. So, you know, they're extremely high in their services. We're, are, they're high everywhere except for me. So, you know, that's where I'm, I'm sticking to my analysis there. David, who's someone who's overrated for you? Um, one guy I just I wasn't quite seeing it with was um, Shelton Sampson, and I I'm usually pretty in line with on three's rankings. Like they're pretty good at finding guys, and they have him as wide receiver four. Um, I, his tape was kind of underwhelming to me. I, I think I was just maybe, maybe missing it with him. Apparently, he's run like a sub four four or something in, in one of the camps, or I don't know. I didn't really see that speed on film. Um, there. You know, I don't have any like groundbreaking analysis on him. I just when I watched his film, I didn't really nothing really popped for me. Matt, give us your overrated player. Uh, I guess I'll just stick with Justice Haynes here. I think you know, especially Alfred's boldness, <laughs> putting him RB one over Cedric. Um, you know, I I just I just don't really see it that way. I mean, he's going to Alabama. He's not going to be a star for three years. He'll probably have decent NFL upside, but. Who knows if he even starts over Richard Young when it's their time. Uh, he's not that fast. He's decently agile. And the the receiving upside is as high as you say. Austin? Sorry. Uh, I'm glad you guys gave me some time to think about this. Because, yeah, like someone was saying earlier, I try not to, like, be negative necessarily about some of these guys. Oh, Mark Fletcher, running back, is going to Ohio State. It's- yeah, he's kind of a he's kind of a, a cheap shot there. Uh, I don't remember exactly where he's ranked in the composite. I'm pretty sure it's top five, uh, top ten or close to it. Six one two twenty five. I guess you guys were saying the other night he looks like he's trimmed down a little bit. 
um, which he, I think he needs to. Like, I think 2225 is actually too bulky for him. He just doesn't move very well. And for how big he is, he doesn't really convert like his size to like power when he's moving. Like he, he's underwhelming as a physical presence for a guy that's as big as he is. I'm really surprised that Ohio State wants him because he's not really the kind of back that they generally like. But they do need bodies there. Like they, you know, with um, with the injury to Pryor, they really only have three guys. So I think at some point, you know, you kind of just gotta take a guy and and hope he's a body there. Um, but I just don't really ever see him being playing any sort of like meaningful role at a school like Ohio state. I just don't think, I think that's a too high of a level for him at this particular time. Yeah. He's, he's 11 in the composite. So I mean, he's, he's, okay. he's pretty high up there. I, I will say I did watch a lot of that American heritage game. He looked better than what I saw out of him last year. I, I do agree with some like, I mean, he did truck that safety. It was actually, he had a pretty, a couple pretty good physical runs, Against apparently a a fairly good Georgia team. I mean, they supposedly were not supposed to beat them and they destroyed them. It's so funny that he did that in that game because he literally doesn't do that anywhere else. I was like, so so disappointed. And then I saw him do that and I was like, okay, like maybe he either learned something or I just didn't get to see it. Yeah, I will say, and I don't know if, if David or Matt, if you guys had a chance to watch much of that American Heritage game, like he he actually had a couple of very physical runs. I was, I was kind of I'm, that's I'm really looking forward to that Los Alamitos game this weekend. I think that's going to be a, an interesting game for for him and Ennis. Uh, for me, my slightly overrated guy is Trayon Webb. I, he's currently my lowest rating. Like he just barely squeaked into my tier three. He's a top 10 guy in the consensus. And I believe on, on the 24 seven sports. Yeah. He's nine and 10. I just, I don't think he's really very good at anything. I don't love the landing spot for Florida. I don't think he's going to be a starting running back for them. Uh, I, I think he's, he's a good running back. I just don't see top 10. But I also think that maybe speaks to I'm not quite as high on this running back classes. Not that Matt said he's super high on him, but he said he's starting to come around on them earlier in the show. Not quite as high on on some of those guys. So that will do it, though, for our first ever recruiting summit. Again, follow Matt and David. They've got they could probably talk. I believe the total list here is like 160 plus players that, that they've looked at. And it's probably more than that. That's just all they have that I'm looking at at this sheet. Um, so if you want any questions on any of these guys, direct your questions, them. those guys know what they're doing. They're extremely smart when it comes to this stuff, guys, thank you so much for taking time out of your nights to join us for this stuff. We will hopefully be able to do this every single year. Make sure to pay attention to everything going on on Twitter tomorrow night. I know Matt and David, We'll be paying very close attention to a bunch of the high school games, as I will. We'll be posting all kinds of stuff about that. And outside of that, we will talk to you guys again very soon.